0: Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Freed From Feminism. This is Teresa. We are so sorry to have been MIA for the last couple months, but life events have once again taken over some serious in nature and some not so serious. but. Nonetheless, we have not been able to record, so we're so sorry about that, but we are not going anywhere, so please stay tuned for upcoming episodes, one of which we are very um, excited to record um, will be our discussion on the impending potential of a mandatory draft for women in the United States, so that should be quite interesting, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Today though, we are excited to continue our literature series with a striking, bold, and thought-provoking papal decree on the subject of modesty by Pope Pius XI issued in 1930. We first came across this decree by an obscure YouTube channel and because of its Uh, strong (laughs) and specific language, we attempted to independently verify its veracity, basically make sure it wasn't a fake. We were finally able to find the document on the Vatican website in Latin. It does not appear to have been published officially by the Vatican in English, or if it was, we were not able to find it. We located an English translation not on the Vatican website, So, if we have any Latin scholars out there who have any issues with this translation or see any errors, please do let us know and we will be glad to re-record or put out some um, uh, explanatory information. We've linked the Vatican's document in the episode description for your um, information. As I've mentioned and as you'll hear, this is by far the most specific Papal statement on modesty that we've ever come across. And yet as so typical with our church, our mother church, she ties these standards so beautifully and logically with Our Lady's virtues and the innate splendor and value and dignity of womanhood that one can't leave this decree with any concerns of you know, trying to stifle or repress the beauty of women. That said, it is quite controversial. Um, In fact, even Beth and I have differing opinions on the applicability of the decree's specific standards in today's world. So we present this papal decree for further discussion and in order to perhaps inspire us all to a deeper and more profound understanding of the beauty and the virtue of modesty. Please let us know what you think by leaving a comment, sending us an email, or DM. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with another episode soon. God bless. A Papal Decree Concerning Modesty His Holiness Pope Pius XI, 12 January 1930 By virtue of his supreme apostolate, whereby the Universal Church is founded by divine institution, our Most Holy Lordship, Pope Pius XI, never tires of reiterating the words of St. Paul, to wit, Quote, women also in decent apparel, adorning themselves with modesty and sobriety, but as it becometh women professing godliness, with good works. 1 Timothy 2 9 10. Frequently, when the occasion has presented itself, the selfsame Holy Pontiff has reproved and bitterly condemned immodesty of dress pervasively introduced into use these days amongst Catholic women and girls, a thing which not only gravely offends feminine beauty and ornament, but leads most lamentably to the temporal and worse still the eternal ruin of these same women and unto the ruin of others still. It is no wonder then that the bishops and other ordinaries, as befits the ministers of Christ, and each in his respective diocese, have opposed by all means and with unanimous voice such misguided license and brazen impudence, and tolerating the while with calm fortitude on account of this frequent derision and abuse brought against them by souls of ill will. So let this sacred concilium of the clergy and of the people pursue the same sort of vigilance and action regarding the propagation of discipline as the holy bishops, with deserved approbation and praise, and let it earnestly exhort these same men that they implement the counsels and the undertakings begun in due season, and urge them on generously, and to the best of their ability, until this pestiferous sickness be completely rooted out from amongst the honest affairs of men. That this aim might be brought the more easily and securely to effect, this sacred congregation, by the mandate of our Most Holy Lord, decrees what follows to be enacted. Number one. May parish priests especially, and preachers when the occasion presents itself, and according to the words of St. Paul, quote, demand, reprove, beseech, and rebuke, end quote, women to wear clothes that redolent of modesty and other such things, as are the ornament and vanguard of virtue, and may they warn parents not to permit their children to wear unseemly dress. Number two, parents, being ever mindful of the most awesome obligation which binds them of caring firstly and foremostly for the moral and religious education of their children, are to apply particular diligence that their daughters be firmly grounded in Christian doctrine and that those same daughters also zealously foster in their souls, by word and example, the love of virtues of modesty and chastity. May parents also, in imitation of the holy family, busy themselves about so ordering and governing their family that each and every individual within the family home has a cause and incentive to love and guard modesty. Number three, let those same parents prohibit their children from public athletic events and gymnastics competitions, or at least, if their daughters must be involved in them, that they take care to exhibit clothing which is fully in keeping with modesty, and that their parents never permit them to wear immodest clothing. Number four, May the governesses of colleges and instructresses of schools strive so to imbue the souls of young women with the love of modesty that these same young women are led efficaciously to modesty of dress number five may those same governesses and instructresses with no exception even to their own mothers forbid admission to colleges and schools to such women as wear unseemly clothing and, once admitted, if they fail to come to their senses, that they dismiss them. Number 6. Let not religious, according to the letters given by the sacred congregation concerning religious on August 13, 1928, admit young women into their colleges, schools, oratories or gymnasia who do not observe a Christian manner of dress, or, if they have already been admitted, that they not tolerate those who do not observe a Christian manner of dress. May they moreover take special pains in the education of their female students, so that the love of Christian modesty and holy reserve take deep root in their hearts. Number 7. May pious associations of women be established and fostered, organizations which, by their own counsel, example and deed, set before themselves the goal of checking the abuse of dress which is not consistent with the dictates of Christian modesty, as well as the goal of promoting purity of morals and modesty of dress. Number 8. Into the pious associations of women, let not those women be admitted who put on immodest clothing, and once admitted, if afterwards they commit a sin in this regard, and come not to their senses when admonished, may be expelled as well. Number 9. Women and girls who wear immodest clothes are to be prohibited from Holy Communion and from the office of sponsor in the sacraments of baptism and confirmation, and, in certain cases, they are to be prohibited even from entry into the Church. Number 10. When feasts occur throughout the year, which supply a particular opportunity to inculcate Christian modesty, and especially feasts of the Blessed Virgin Mary, may parish priests and priests of pious associations and heads of catholic societies not fail by means of a sermon for that occasion to recall and encourage women to a christian manner of dress every year on the feast of the immaculate conception of the blessed virgin mary let special prayers in all the cathedrals and parish churches be made and where possible may timely exhortation be given to the people in the church Number 11. May diocesan councils, discussed in a declaration of the Holy Office of March 22, 1918, in a spirit of vigilance, and at least once a year, openly deal with finding ever more suitable means and methods of effectively giving counsel on feminine modesty. Number 12. To which point may salutary action effectively and safely lead, May bishops and other local ordinaries keep this sacred congregation informed every third year, together with a report on religious institution given of our own accord in Letters in the Catholic World on June 29, 1923, even concerning the condition of things and the state surrounding feminine manner of dress, and concerning the works carried out in accordance with the rule of this instruction. The Marylike like Standards for Modesty in Dress. Quote, a dress cannot be called decent, which is cut deeper than two fingers' breadth under the pit of the throat, which does not cover the arms, at least to the elbows, and scarcely reaches a bit beyond the knees. Furthermore, dresses of transparent materials are improper. End quote. The Cardinal Vicar of Pope Pius XI. Number one, Mary-like is modest without compromise, like Mary, Christ's mother. Number two, Mary-like dresses have sleeves extending at least to the elbows and skirts reaching below the knees. Because of impossible market conditions, quarter-length sleeves are temporarily tolerated, with ecclesiastical approval, until Christian womanhood again turns to Mary as the model of modesty in dress. Number 3. Mary-like dress requires full coverage for the bodice, chest, shoulders, and back, except for a cutout about the neck not exceeding two inches below the neckline, in front and in back, and a corresponding two inches on the shoulders. Number four, Mary like dresses do not admit as modest coverage transparent fabrics, laces, nets, organdy, nylons, etc., unless sufficient backing is added. However, their moderate use as trimmings is acceptable. Number five, Mary like dresses do not admit the use improper of flesh colored fabrics. Number six, Mary-like dresses conceal rather than reveal the figure of the wearer. They do not unduly emphasize the parts of the body. Number seven, Mary-like dresses provide full coverage even after the jacket, the cape, or the stole are removed. Number eight, slacks or jeans are not to be worn to church. Mary-like fashions are designed to conceal as much of the body as possible rather than reveal it. This would automatically eliminate such fashions as tight-fitting slacks or jeans, sweaters, shorts, shorts which do not reach down to at least the knees, sheer blouses and sleeveless dresses, etc. These Mary-like standards are a guide to instill a sense of modesty Women and girls who follow these standards and who look to Mary as their ideal and model will have no problem of modesty and dress. She who follows these standards will not be the occasion of sin nor a source of embarrassment or shame to others.